The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Mark Amtower of Amtower and Company, which is entirely responsible for its content. This is Amtower Off Center on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Every week, author, speaker, consultant Mark Amtower gives you his take on what's going on in the world of federal marketing. Now, your host, Mark Amtower. Welcome to Amtower Off Center on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Uh, I'm here today with uh, Rita Walston of Imix Group and Luann Brosman of Government Marketing University. And let me tell you, these are two of my favorite marketing gurus, so I think we're going to have a good time today. Guys, welcome. Thanks for coming in. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Mark. Good to be here. Um, for for the... Uh, for those who don't know, who aren't in the know, tell them who you are and what you do. Rita, start. I'm Rita Walston. I am the Senior Director of Marketing Programs at Imix Group, which is an aero company. I lead a team that helps with uh, public sector marketing and strategic marketing programs, helping IT companies sell to the government. Cool. And I am Luann Brossman. I'm 35 years now, a little over almost, um, in the government marketing space. And I am the president and founder of Government Marketing University. Cool. Um, and I'm not. Um, <laughs> You're a professor, though. <laughs> I, I am a professor for GMU. I'm a professor at uh, George Washington University. Um, don't ask my children. Uh, do at home. But um, So we're, we're going to... Um, let, let, let me correct that now. It's GovMarkU, not GMU. We have nothing to do with George Mason. Exactly. I teach at George Washington it's University. It's actually GMarkU for short, or Government Marketing University. There GMarkU. you um, Well, let's do this then. Imixgroup.com, I-M-M-I-X group.com, all one word, and... GMarkU.com, or you can also get there the long way, governmentmarketinguniversity.com. Always nice to have both. So we're going to talk uh, about a couple of things this morning. We're going to discuss the uh, recent government contractor survey from Market Connections, and we're also going to talk about the the two truly biggest event for the uh, – the marketing and sales communities in the government market, the upcoming GAIN conference, and is it the fourth now? It's the fifth, fifth? annual, fifth annual government IT sales summit. Summit, yeah. Oh, that's right, because I only spoke the first three. Well, but I'll be, be speaking at the fifth one. I'll be back. Um, As will I. Can't uh, wait. Indeed. There you go. Indeed. And and that'll be fun too. So I, I want to start with. Uh, with the uh, Mark Connection study, because I'm not done digesting this. I've been working on digesting it now for almost two months. Uh, Lou, you and I were at the uh, PSC uh, briefing where where uh, Lisa's people yes, uh, we brought this out, and it was co-sponsored by PSC and Merrick Group. Um, but you know what 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 blew me away was the uh, this is contractors rating what's important to them what they think wins them business and it blew me away because i've been talking about this since book number 1 maybe before that which goes back 13 years now 14 years uh thought leadership subject matter expertise is number 1 and customer relationships literally tied with it at the top so uh, Lou, your your take on that? 
Yeah, um, I, you know, thought leadership is here to stay, right? Been around for a long time, and it's not going anywhere. What changes over time are some of the categories. Um, as you know, now we're moving heavily into uh, blockchain and artificial intelligence and things like that. But yes, thought leadership is critical, and thought leadership is the umbrella of all marketing that you do. Um, and I, I know we'll get more into that, but it's just critical that you're identifying your sweet spot and then you're marketing to that not only within yourselves, but with your channels. And there's multiple channels that we can talk about as well. But yeah. I fully support that. And you, um, I, I, I highlight a lot of things about the MX group in, in my trainings on both subject matter expertise, content, uh, and, and a third, LinkedIn, because you guys are good at that. But but uh, thought leadership, uh, the reason I highlight your blog is you have like 15 or 18 authors on your blog. Yeah, we have a fabulous award-winning market intelligence team. We also have a number of people that do deep dives into different areas. And I think thought leadership is about cutting through the clutter. There is so much out there. So how do you develop subject matter expertise, true thought leadership, that delivers the content that somebody is looking for when they're looking for it. So you can't be all things to all people. I And I agree completely with Luann that it's here to stay. I think the thing that shifts a little bit is the way that thought leadership is delivered. And I do believe based on this, social media is becoming more and more important, including LinkedIn, and highlighting that thought leadership and highlighting that subject matter expertise. Yeah, getting it out on on all platforms. So let's let's move to that nearly tied item here, that customer relationship part of the uh, uh, equation. Um, you guys have three different customer sets, Rita. We do. You've got the OEM community, mm-hmm. you've got the reseller community, and the government community. Yeah, and each juggle that. Yeah, <laughs> each group is looking. Well, the first two groups, really, the the OEMs and the partner community, really, they're looking for how are they going to help government agencies solve problems? How are they going to help them achieve their mission? And so, there, the thought leadership, the subject matter expertise, you want to be the trusted advisor to give them the information that they need, and kind of act as a go between between them and these agencies. What do the agencies need? They're busy trying to accomplish those missions. How do we cut through the clutter again and deliver what they need, deliver those relationships so that industry can help government solve for those problems? So our message to the government is also, is also here's how we can help you. Here's, here are the, the tools, the solutions. We can bring together multiple different companies, multiple different solution providers to help solve for that specific problem. So you become that trusted advisor and I think that's part of that thought leadership and subject matter expertise, too, is how do you become that trusted advisor? Orchestrating that as a matter of subject matter expertise all to itself. Absolutely. So, uh, Lou, what's your take on the uh, the government customer relationship yeah, side of the equation? Yeah, you know, I, I think that if we were to take a, a live poll right now and we were to ask government marketers where they spent their budget dollars, be it net new accounts looking or... Um, you know, keeping friendly and in touch with existing customers. And I would be willing to to bet that 
majority of them are looking at net new names, net new you know names, trying to build up their their contacts and their their databases. When really, you know, stop and think about all these wonderful, rich government agencies that you have in your database. Nurture them, talk to them. Um, and and I know I used to be guilty of this. I would never go to salespeople and say, "Hey, let's look at your existing accounts and how we can help." So I think marketers need to do that, and that fits in really well with where we are today with agency based marketing. So as you're looking for new, make sure you're also paying attention to existing. Well, the existing is huge. I don't know if you guys remember this. I assume you both have it. In my first book, Government Marketing Best Practice, I had that prospect pyramid that we've all seen. Yes. I changed it. At the very top of the pyramid, I put apostle. Because if you have 12 of them, you can do extraordinary things. (laughs) But at the bottom of it, I put burn victim. Because if you irritate somebody bad enough, they will never, ever stop talking about you whenever they have the chance. So in in our market, which I consider to be quite insular, that can apply to virtually any part of the equation, the OEM, the reseller, the value-added distributor, uh, you know, the 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 SIs. Integrated. Remember yeah. them, too, the big SIs. Yep. They're really important. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and – uh, Boy, um, any thoughts on that? Well, I do think you also have to look at how do you help them across the board. So one thing that MX Group is able to bring is the whole, um, not only depth of relationships, but the breadth of relationships. So the different contracts, you know, selling to the government is is an entity unto itself. You have to understand and to help the OEM sell to the government to have the right contracts to know the process, to know how do you make this work and make it easier for everybody involved. I think that's part of the marketer's role, too, is how do you make sure that the government agencies know that you can make their lives simpler, you can help them um, solve for problems easier by connecting them with not only the right tools, but then making those tools available to them. So that's part of it as well, part of that trusted advisor relationship. And marketers can do that through the whole scope. Yeah, I just published an article this week Um, and it was all around thought leadership and it was really touting that thought leadership is here to stay. So it's right on message with what we're talking about right now. But I also gave some, some tips, six tips on how to do thought leadership because you can't do it on your own. Um, a lot of times companies will set up their own landing page and try to be their own amplifier of messaging around thought leadership. But I teach that within government marketing university that you need to go where government is going for your thought leadership messages and you'll get there much quicker. True. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network, and we shall return right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm here with Rita Walston of Imix Group slash Arrow and uh, Luann Brossman of Government Marketing University, uh, continuing on a little bit about the uh, uh, Government contractor study here. Items included in the marketing budget. By far, event sponsorship is the moose. I mean, it is the elephant in the room. So, Rita, talk, you know, about Imix has that unique role in the market because you're not really a reseller. You're a value-added distributor. Yes. You're now part of an international distributor. Yes. And you've got all these communities you serve. So what... What role <laughs> or how many roles does event play in your universe? Well, we're really the broker of capabilities for the different OEMs we serve. And I'm a 
huge believer that strong relationships build business. So I do think that face-to-face time is important. I think it has to be chosen correctly. And I think the people who go, you know, they need to know why are they going to be there? What's the goal? I'm a big believer in setting goals. And then how do you measure success? So we do work with our OEMs and which events do they want to be at? And some of them are very small you know, the, the little tabletop shows. Some of them are the bigger ones. I was glad to see AFITC, you know, as a phoenix come up out of the ashes from uh, the scandal a few years back. So I, I do think that that face-to-face time for those types of events is very important. That's where you strengthen and build relationships. But it can't just be, hey, let me just set up a tabletop. Let me throw up a couple banners. Let me throw up a booth. And, you know, if I build it, they will come. I think you do need to have that content, that messaging ahead of time that you have something of interest to talk about when you do get face-to-face with them. So, uh, yeah, events is a, is a big part of what our OEMs want. And uh, it's a way for them to connect with their partners and also to connect with uh, their government end users. Right. But, you know, um, on the counter side, and I'm sure Lou's going to hit this, it does cost a fair amount of money. But you're not always visible when you're supporting an event. No, we are. Very often we are the man behind the curtain. So when we are at different events, very often it isn't with the big MX Group logo. We're there to facilitate our OEMs. We're there to facilitate our suppliers and our partners and help them build their business, help them interact with the different government agencies. So we will put them foremost. We are the broker of capabilities for them, the trusted advisor for them. So uh, we do have our government IT sales summit where we've got our logo all over the place. But at at the other events, we're really there to help facilitate our suppliers to drive their business to help um, government agencies achieve their missions. Lou, you have a slightly different take on this one. Yeah, I mean, I uh, everything that Rita said, I fully agree because she and I were raised in the same, you know, background of of our roots of government marketing. But where I see all the time um, within government marketers, and this is mostly on the the younger generation, we'll say, you know, the the millennials, because they're they're still learning, they're still getting their feet wet. But if you look at a mix of a marketing plan when you're setting your strategy, one thing that makes me nervous about the market connections is marketers are spending 86% of their budget on events. And that that makes me a little nervous because I think that's a little high. Um, you've got to have... I, I think it means that 86% of the companies are spending money on sponsorship, yeah. not 86% of their budget. Maybe I misread it then. Yeah. But it's it's really important that the marketers think about, you know, if you look at it, and we'll be talking about this again this year, actually, is what does a typical marketing plan look like? It's not in stone, but it's a nice place to start. And in that plan, we talk about a 40% of your budget should be mapped to events. And the type of events that's still going to be it's a still decent amount right but you've got to make sure and and rita touched on this you're wrapping it with other things you've got to be wrapping it with your content it has to be a full integrated how many times do we see um 12 tabletop shows in a quarter and just recently at three different occasions um that i have seen with customers is the day before and this is absolute truth over the past three months reps oh i can't go now you know, so I think you've got to work with those events and make sure that leadership and sales are bought into it. Because if they're putting that much marketing budget into it, then it's got to make sure that sales is doing their side as well. I agree 100 percent, Lynn. And I think what this study was saying was the 86 percent 
of the respondents are including events in their budget. Um, not that so that's just, I mean, it, it, it is. The so, one there are four, right, so there are 14 percent of these contractors or 14 percent of the respondents don't have any events at all. And I do think events are an important component for that face to face. But Luann, you and I are exactly on the same page. One thing I do see companies getting away from, thank goodness, is I used to hear, say, 10 years ago, so often, well, our absence will be noted more than our presence. So they would be right. So they would be at a show, you know, when there was land war net. Well, we have to be there because then everybody will think if we're not, they think we're going out of business. Well, that's not the right approach. If you're going to be there, how are you going to use it? You're right. You shouldn't do 12 tabletops in one month, one quarter. You know, who is going to be there? Why are they going to be there? What are their goals? How is success could be measured? And who's going to hold them accountable? So it has to be part of an integrated marketing plan, 100%. Absolutely. Well, uh, you know, quick anecdote. Your associate, Anne-Marie Clark, when she was at Compaq way back when, went to her boss, Gary Newgard, at the time and said, why are we spending, you know, $350,000 on Fosse? And Gary says, do you have any better ideas? And she said, yeah. He said, well, go for them. And they pulled out of Fosse. But they they had, like, the cornerstone booth at Fosse. You'd go there, you'd play basketball, you'd play golf, you'd go sit at a coffee bar. That was big bar. news back then when they pulled out. Yeah. They made the news. It, it, I made sure it made the news. <laughs> <laughs> now you're dating I, all of us, Mark, uh, talking about Fosse. No, no, you guys were there. No, we were there. I was right there with them. Um, yeah. So, um, well, let's, let's go ahead and take a break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'll be back with Luann and Rita right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. And uh, I'm here with uh, Rita Walston, MX Group, and Luann, MX Group, part of Arrow, uh, <laughs> slash Arrow. I'm not quite sure how to do that. Um, An and Luann Prosman of Government Marketing University. How do I do it? Imix Group and Arrow Company. There you go. We are a wholly owned subsidiary. Wholly owned subsidiary. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the budget increases. Then we're going to migrate back to events. So uh, the, the the contractors, and again, this 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 study focuses on what contractors believe help them win more business. So the top five of the uh, in, increase part of the marketing budget is separated by literally six points. So we we go from 53, 48, 47, 47, 47. Um, and it starts with digital advertising. So Rita, where does that play with you guys? So we, again, work with our OEMs. Where do they want to be with their digital? It has to be a cohesive plan, an overall plan. I do think the second one on here about the market intelligence and research, which is very close, plays into that thought leadership, feeds the digital advertising. I think they go hand in hand. So our market intelligence team, for instance, does has a program called a TAP, Targeted Account Profile. I know agency-based marketing is near and dear to Luann Brossman's heart, and she's um, done a lot of talk about that, a lot of teaching about that. And that then can play into the digital advertising so that when you are advertising, you're talking about something that's meaningful, something that plays into your thought leadership. Yeah. Lou? Yep, I agree. And and I'm really excited, too, to see digital advertising at the top because, wow, there's some amazing tools available now and more and more coming out. 
to really reach your audience. Again, it goes back to what I preach all the time, go where government is going. So if you're doing digital advertising the right way, then um, I'm, I'm thrilled to see that the budgets are increasing for this coming year. And yeah. it can be measured better. I think a lot of the Absolutely. digital advertising allows for measurement. And again, I'm a huge proponent of set what is your goal and then how are you going to measure success? And you can do that with digital advertising. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, advertising on LinkedIn alone. I'm not a huge proponent of that uh, in an unlimited sense, but in a targeted sense, yes, because there's 2.1 million feds on LinkedIn. So if you're not trying to reach them by connecting to them in, on an agency-based uh, method or a job functional uh, uh, approach, uh, digital advertising on that platform can be quite quite beneficial but uh the the market intelligence should be from my perspective number one because from the market intelligence that should tell you not only who to reach but it should give you information on how to reach them exactly you want to cut through the clutter so advertising for its own sake isn't going to accomplish what you want so you have to determine ahead of time what are you trying to accomplish get that market intelligence get that research we have our own internal team at MX Group. There are, of course, you know, Forrester, Gartner. There are a number of different um, companies out there that can provide it. But get smart. You know, be that subject matter expert. Have that thought leadership and incorporate that into your digital advertising. And know what it is that you're trying to say to whom. Know who you want to reach because the digital advertising can be extremely focused. It can be extremely measured. But cutting through the clutter is going to continue to be ever more difficult. You know, and I would add to that that a true marketer, and I think I can say this, um, we hate the devil in the details, right? We're creative. We, we come up with the ideas. And to do digital marketing effectively, and this would be geotargeting, it's retargeting of ads, you've got to have an expert do that for you. So marketers that are listening, as you're increasing your budget, outsource that or make sure you have somebody within your organization that really understands the tools available to do digital marketing the right way. Yeah. The next three items on the list are all technically broadcast. Podcasts, video marketing, radio, TV, advertising. Podcasts, you know, they, they say they're resurging. They've never gone away. Um, you know, my, my friend Matt Langan of LNR Communications has been doing podcasts in the government market or helping companies do podcasts for 10 years now. Um, and I understand he just did one with you. He did one with me. And we're going to do a couple of more. We decided we're going to cross-pollinate. That's awesome. So, yeah. Um, well, so, I'm happy to see, you know, podcasts for for years have not been shown the love. They've been there, but they haven't been shown the love. And now all of a sudden everybody's jumping on the podcast bat, you know, bandwagon. And I think that's okay. It goes back to our tagline and what Rita's been saying, bringing clarity to the clutter. So within your podcast, you've really got to make sure that you are targeting with messaging that an audience would want to hear and not just a me too. Yeah, because attention spans seem to be getting ever, ever shorter. Mm -hmm. So even with a podcast, while that's kind of a condensed way to get your message out, I think they need to be extremely targeted, too, so that if somebody's going to listen to a podcast, they have an expectation of what am, what am I going to know after I've listened to this podcast that I didn't know before I press play. And so you've got, again, be very concise with it. And it can be a great tool, but you better be able to deliver on the expectation. And make sure you're putting it on platforms people can find. Don't just put it on your website, right? right. Um, yeah. Expand it out there. Yeah, and I, I am continuously surprised 
when I get uh, uh, calls or emails from people who say they've been listening to me for years because I know they're not listening to me on the radio. They're downloading it and playing entire shows, depending, obviously, on the guests. Well, that's what's great Um, about Federal News Network today that we're on is they take all of this and upload it to iTunes. iTunes, Podcast One, and, you know. Very smart. Yeah. Um, all right, so I, I want to migrate to uh, the main reason you guys are here today, other than the fact that I love you both. Uh, <laughs> love and you that, back. that is the, the two, two biggest, uh, most uh, biggest, beside the point, the most important event for sales and marketing in the community uh, should be combined, but it's not. We have the GAIN Conference for Marketers coming up November 1. We have the fifth annual Government IT Sales Summit coming up November 15th. And and both of these are just a blast. I, you know, um, I well, usually don't go to venues yeah. where I'm not speaking just because most of them are in Virginia and I'm not. Um, it's, it's not, you know, I'm not speaking. I'm holding my breath till I turn purple. I'm not speaking. Uh, I'm not going to spend three hours on the road to to go somewhere. Um, but these, these are absolutely cool events. So, um, uh, Rita, why did you guys start the summit? So we started the summit back in 2014. We'd been talking about it for a while. And in 2013 said, you know, we really need something where we bring together that actionable information for companies that are looking to sell to the government, where government can come and talk to industry about what do they really need? And then where's the networking? Where do we get our systems integrators, our reseller partners, our solution providers together with the OEMs for that all-important networking? So we launched the summit in 2014. We had it at the McLean Hilton that first year. Our uh, goal was 400 to 450 attendees. We had 723. I had to put out an all-staff email that MX Group people don't pick up a lunch. <laughs> Our guests have to have lunch first. Uh, we moved to the Hyatt Regency. And we typically have between 925 and 950 or so folks, including the MX folks. It hits almost 1,000 members of the sales and marketing community that come out to the event every year. And they come for that actionable information. This isn't cocktail conversation. We have our DOD budget briefing, our civilian budget briefing, a number of breakout sessions in the afternoon on topics of interest to government and industry, and then finish it off with our our networking reception. So very excited about it this year. Still have a few sponsorships open. Registration is open. Uh, GovITSalesSummit.com. Okay, you're going to cap registration? You have we, to sometime. At some point, we will. I just hate to keep anybody out. It's I, a big hotel, so, you know, everybody will just be a little bit elbow to elbow. So, Which is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Lou, uh, yes. same question. Uh, GMU. Um, actually, we're... Our, G-Mark you and and gain. We're going to talk about that after the break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Uh, I shall return with my friends right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm here with Luann Brosman of Government Marketing University, GMARC U, and my buddy Rita Walston of Imix Group and Arrow Company. And uh, Lou, let's talk about the upcoming GAIN conference because 
This is year third ninety six third annual um, <laughs> third annual game conference. So number one, long overdue. We've had Amen. you know little networking things for government marketers in the past, going back almost twenty years now, but really nothing of this magnitude. Agreed, and and thank you for that. I I agree, and you know I my heart and soul is is in GMarkU, and the main reason that. Um, I launched it three years ago. I actually launched it at Rita Summit. That was the kickoff. That's um, right. The launch of of Government Marketing University was in November of 2015. And we've been very close partners ever since with the MX Group team as well with NGMarkU. So um, Government Marketing University is a collaborative platform bringing together the government marketing community. And as you said, Mark, it it didn't exist um, to this level, and now it does. And what's great about our annual GAIN conference, and GAIN stands for Grow, Accelerate, Innovate, and Network. And the marketers year one at GAIN, it was awesome. First off, they named themselves the GAINers. So you love when your actual audience and your attendees are coming up with their name. And the other thing they did is as they would stand up, the game conference is very interactive, very engaging. It's marketers, right? So we're creative and we're talkers. But as they would stand up to make a comment or ask a question, they would all say, almost like a church revival, I found my people. And that's exactly the sweet spot of of Government Marketing University. Um, The marketers out there, they plan the breakfast, lunch, and dinners around the Beltway every day for prospects and customers in the government marketplace. But there is not a place for them to come together, and now there is. And we have a lot of different areas and and, uh, communities of interest within the GMarkU family, but GAIN is our big event. Uh, We do quarterly events called Market Chat Live, and we just did one last week where it was a preview of GAIN coming into agency-based marketing where we had a bunch of our ambassadors talking. The ambassadors are all former federal CIOs, CTOs, CISOs, and it's awesome because being out of government, they can really tell us like it is and help marketers understand how to market. So... Oh, I'm looking so forward to it. Absolutely. No, when when Luann first uh, was talking to me, I think we talked about either over a cup of coffee, a glass of wine, and and her idea, and I said, as you said, Mark, it's so overdue. Um, Luann has run our uh, marketing session at Government IT Sales Summit last year. She'll be doing it again this year. So thank you again for moderating that for me, Luann. Mark, looking forward to having you on that panel. We do need a place where marketers can come together. And it's a chance for the more senior of us to share ideas. And it's also an opportunity to mentor to mm-hmm. the next generation. Right. And and I do think that that mentoring is is so important so I'm glad that these two are so entwined and really being only two weeks apart. We have all our marketers who come together at GAIN on November 1st. And then two weeks later on November 15th, they come. We've got the marketing session in the morning. Of course, you have all of that networking. And sales and marketing need to work so closely hand in hand. For us as marketers, our sales teams are our constituents. They are our stakeholders. So understanding what they need in order to reach and help the government agencies achieve their mission, this is just a win-win all across the board. So I think both events work very much in tandem to provide what we need to help government agencies achieve their missions. Right. And and we can see this. I mean, Professional Services Council just recently launched a communications uh, uh, slash marketing subgroup there. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be invited to speak a couple weeks ago. Um, and there there were probably 30 people in the room and another 20 more online. Mm-hmm. So uh not not a bad turnout no uh, and it was a hell of a lot of fun <laughs> it 
they're hungry for knowledge out there. They they are, and and you know, I, I guess that's why you know people still download the show. But downloading the show and listening is one thing. That face to face aspect that you yes. brought up, Lita, with the customer, face to face with marketers and marketers is absolutely cool because ideas don't germinate, you know, in a vacuum. Well, when you're face-to-face, then that's where you really build and strengthen relationships. So then later on when you're doing it, not face-to-face, whether you're on the phone or whether you're listening to digital, what you know, that's when you're leveraging. You can picture that person. You know that person. There's a relationship there. So I think both components are so important, but it's it's good to have a place where we can come together. And yes, I am a gainer. I find Mine, my you're people. A gainer. Both of you are gainers. And, and carrying on to that about the face-to-face is one cool thing that we have found out that has happened within Government Marketing University is friendships that have been made because of these face-to-face. Mm-hmm. And one example is we have our mentor-protege program that runs every quarter and a bunch of the protégés are now friends. And in fact, they've come to us and we're going to start um, in January a new a new community of interest within GMARC-U called Soul Survivors, S-O-L-E, because there's so many government marketers out there that are a marketing organization of one. Yes. And they want to come together once a month and share ideas and talk about best practices and have somebody's shoulder to cry on. But these protégés we have found are now coming together for happy hour. And we're, we're building that network and makes my heart sing. Um, and Mark, I want to tell you something else that you already know, but I want to make sure your listeners know that how active you are in GMARQ, and we're we're very appreciative of that. And you are the keynote for our award ceremony that we're having at Gain this year. So we're having the first annual Gainers Awards 2018. And Mark led the judge panel, and he did an awesome job. Anne-Marie Clark, who is with GMARQ, um, kind of partnered that with you, and you really forged ahead. We've we ended good, up— We had a good group Great doing group. That. They were all a mix of industry experts, and you've picked 18 finalists, and we're going to have the award ceremony again during lunch. I'll tell you what, you know, I, I keep threatening to rewrite government marketing best practices— I could take those 18 case studies that were submitted and make a book that that would be a government market bestseller. You know, it's uh, funny you say that. I've thought about doing an ebook on that. So yeah, you, you got to get permission you, you from the companies, the and I'm yep. not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we could also do it if we don't get the the company's approval, which is important. But their their use cases. It, it, it's once we talk about them at gain, it's public public info. information. Yay. Well, if you're emceeing, Mark, I want to know what kind of monologue are you going to start with? You know, uh, I'll have to, <laughs> I can't do Colbert because he's subtle. Uh, <laughs> I'll do more of the Ron White approach. There we so. go. Um, so final thoughts here. I mean, you know, we have these these two. Oh, let's do this. Government IT Sales Summit. What's the website? www.govitsalesummit.com. Registration's open. We have a few sponsorships left, so you can fill out a form on the site. If you'd be interested in sponsoring, definitely register. TheGainConference.com. Any sponsorships left? There are sponsorships left. So if there are any vendors out there, it's a great opportunity to get in front of um, the marketing community. They're yeah, all the going to be there. people that are responsible Absolutely. for spending the marketing budgets. Absolutely. And then because you're such a, a great professor and help us so much that we'll offer a code for all of your listeners. If they go to thegainconference.com and they register and they use the code friendsfamily20, we'll give friends of Mark Amtower 20% off on gain. Ooh, nice. Friendsfamily20, all in caps. I like that. <laughs> um, 
All right. So um, what's next, not 2018, 2019 for, uh, for these conferences? Where, where do you go besides more people coming? I think it's leaning into the, the next decade. I think it's, you know, government marketing is so different from any other kind of marketing. I think we have to continue to look at the next generation of marketers and how do we bring them along. I think Luann hit the nail on the head when she talked about, you know, a, a marketing staff of one and so many of these. So how do we work together and how do we lean into that next decade and what are the tools that are going to be needed? How are we going to measure success? That's that's what I think we're going to have to be doing. Yeah. And we plan on taking gain on the road out to California so that we are spinning it so that corporate marketers that are often in charge of the federal budgets can understand why an ROI is much harder in government, why a cost per lead is $100 for federal versus 20 on the commercial side. Um, teach why, them how to tell time federal-wise. Why, that, you know, why we need to move. spend <sighs> most of our marketing budget dollar in the first half of the year. So for game, we're going to take it on the road. Um, and then the other thing, when Rita mentioned looking at the future, I am seeing more and more requests now coming out of government on the proposals to not only be oral, but be video-based. So that's an area we're going to spend a lot of time on um, next year. And for sure, again, we'll be covering that. Cool. Um, keep in mind that when you have your events next year, it'll be FY 2020. Yes, it so will. Yes, you it better will. have the vision to go with it. Uh, uh-huh. thanks. Oh, I just got that 2020 vision. <clears throat> Bingo. That was a five-second delay on my part. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever. <laughs> thanks for coming in, guys. Hey, thanks for having Thank me. Thank you so much, Mark. It's always a pleasure. Come to Gain. Come to Gain. Come and to Summit. Come, come to Gov the Summit. summit. Uh, it, look, look for me. I'll be at both. So will Rita. So will Lou. Mark will um, be wearing black as always, right? Of course. <laughs> the man in black. There, there I am. Uh, the little dark cloud floating around. Um, this is not my day job. I do advise companies on all aspects of marketing and government, including some of the things we talked about here today, how to build that subject matter expert platform and leveraging LinkedIn. Uh, so if you want to talk about that, give me a call. Uh, drop me a line, mark at federaldirect.net. And thank you for listening to Amtower Center. You've been listening to Amtower Off-Center on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Tune in Mondays at noon or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One. There are a million reasons e-commerce shoppers don't buy. In fact, 97% abandon their first store visit. AdRoll retargeting keeps your brand on their mind, so they come back to buy. Visit AdRoll.com to start retargeting today.